All right. Good evening for the second time. Yay! Fans of Creepy Kitsch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are trying to figure out a new app, and uh, and it's the app it. kind of seems... It seems more interested in putting its penis in our mouth than actually cooperating with us yeah, and helping I us mean, it is. to record a fucking podcast. This feels like the Garage Band days. It kind of, it yeah. Really does. It's the sound quality. <laughs> it, in Anchor's defense, the sound quality is, is already better than Garage Band. Yes, but uh, it was like we're yeah. navigating the whole thing. It's right, like... trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, that part. Uh, but we got there in the end, and that's the important thing. Yes, so. that is the important part. So that's always good. So this is, so... This is our grand return after our our hiatus like we said we would i know that everybody was probably expecting us to just completely pod fade but yeah uh we're two bitches who like to talk so yeah so i mean and so we're back and uh outer space just can't get that look on your face i don't know i'm tired look on your face (laughs) i'm really should change that stupid lock i should have made you leave your key yeah, known for just but a I'm second. Back, back to bother, bother, bother me. You. That's right. <laughs> anyway, we are back to bother you. Are back to bother you. You should have so, made us leave and leave that key and change that stupid lock. Yeah, but you. Yeah, you. you did. Realistically, yeah, this is in. your guys's fault, not ours. Uh, technically, yeah. I mean, you're the ones who keep listening. So I yep. mean, there you go. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who are on the Facebook group. Um, you might have caught our two uh, drunken uh, live <laughs> sessions that we did when Stacy was visiting. Uh, the first nothing. one was drunk. The second one, we were sober. We just kind of hung over. <laughs> we were we were just obnoxious on the second one. Yeah. Um, although, hadn't we been drinking mead that day? Was that when we killed no, that bottle? No, we were of... actually. That was the day before, I think. Oh, was it? I can't remember. All I know is I discovered mead, and mead is good. <laughs> so. Uh, but anyway, on that, the first one was us pretty much just saying we were going to go live and we were calling everyone snacks. Yep. And uh, if we didn't we call you a snack, know snack. that you are a snack. Yeah, that's just implied. All our listeners are implied. snacks. All listeners are Except snacks. I including think you said Robert Arbest was a meal. I think I mean, we might have, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Tanya, Tanya is a snack because we forgot. She's like the one person we forgot to, I thought to we like did. drunk message. No, uh, she says she, and I think it's because I think we did it to everybody through Facebook. Oh, that's why she's on a Facebook. And she's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so like, Devin and Patrick. And... Yep. Everybody, everybody on the, yeah. and if you didn't, well, you're a snack. Well, we love you anyway. Heart. You're a snack. You're, you're Lauren's a snack. snack and Fabian's a snack. Fabian's probably a poison snack. We just snack, have but a, snack a, nonetheless. a lot of snacks listening to us. We got a whole I like to think that we're like, listening our entire us. listening audience is like, we're like that feast in Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful, but you probably shouldn't eat it. You probably shouldn't eat it because we are the hands on our eyeballs will open up and we right. will come the, the, That's pretty much how the, it goes. Uh, yes, the, the pale man will awaken. Exactly. So, I loved, anyway. by the way, uh, really quick, I loved the, <laughs> no, uh, the Bob's Burgers Halloween episode this year. Yes. These was Peter Pan's Labyrinth, and I thought that yes, was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway... So what we announced um, on Facebook was that we are changing the format a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to try to do this once a month. Uh, I know, famous last words, but I have faith right. we can actually pull through this time. I think so. And uh, what we're doing this time, instead of watching movies every single time, uh, we have an actual structure. So the first episode that we're I mean, doing as structured year, as we ever are. Yeah. Is... Um, we're going to do a episode on a horror film. Any horror film we like could be a recent mm-hmm. one. This episode, it is going to be a recent one. 
Uh, the next month, we're going to do an episode entirely on paranormal romance yes. uh, and our obsession with it. And we will be yes. discussing pretty much Tiffany Roberts' um, Infinite City series, which we yes. both adore. Um, that's alien peen for those of you who have been listening. Yep, and time. some of their peen is real fucking alien. Oh, God, yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you got your octo peen. You got you your, got your octo You name peen. it. Yeah. You, you name, name it. it. We you got, you got your piercings and your knobs oh, yes. and your wiggle wiggles and <laughs> yes, you got tentacles and yeah, you got and things that grip on the creepy inside. Bees. And... That's what we're gonna call yes. it. So creepy, gonna... creepy. And then the um, and then the third episode we'll be doing, we'll be doing these just kind of in a cycle. Is going to be an intentionally horrible film. Yeah. Like we are going to go hunt down a horrible, a horrible film. We are going to hunt it down. Thank you yes. so much. And I was going to say noticed. thank you for the specification. Yeah. That will be at our discretion. Our discretion. You motherfuckers aren't going to be involved in it. Because I ain't fucking watching a Serbian film. Um, I well, the thing is, is we're like looking like you know Velociraptor or Lamageddon right, or something yeah. like that, you know. So right, we're gonna fucking do an intentionally bad film. So you guys, Gatoroids you know, versus Arachno Creeps. Yeah, I don't so know you guys can intentionally movie. hear our rage. That's the the kitschy part of our creep of our title. Yes. So we'll be doing that in um, we'll doing these monthly. So it'll be like every three episodes. We're just gonna change all the time. Uh, so that way it kind of keeps it interesting for us and it keeps it interesting for you. So there you go. Yes, but mostly yeah. because it keeps interesting for us. For us, yeah. Yes, and we are so, like toddlers yeah. that it's in your best interest to keep us entertained. It's, yes, definitely. So we are going to, uh, the inaugural new format, uh, we are going to be discussing the 2021 version of Candyman, um, yes. which we watched when uh, Stacy was visiting over in December and uh short review it was amazing we will go yes. more into it when we go into our review but uh yes. we had to talk about it it just blew us away so yes it was fucking amazeballs it was fucking amazeballs straight but, up fucking um, amazeballs shall we get started with um just our usual creepy yep, or sounds good know, horror crush and uh weekly yes. fuck off all right yes. So like my horror crush. Yep, you're starting. It's really <laughs> funny. I mean, you can if you want to. No, you go ahead. You know, we did our... this once before, so let's just right. recap. <laughs> this is our our second attempt at this. Second attempt at doing uh, this. <laughs> so I, you know, for somebody who doesn't like reverse harem, and if you don't know what that is, well, hold on, you'll see, you'll learn. Oh, you'll learn. Uh, I still have a vast stable of of horror crushes every fucking month. So my horror <laughs> crush is the Boulay brothers. Who are the creators and hosts of Dragula, which is this really fucking cool um, drag show, obviously, but with a, with a horror twist. And I just think it's fucking cool that they're brothers. They're both into drag. They're both into horror. And then on top of it, I actually learned today through uh, uh, oh, God damn it, the name of the pause. Uh, it's not talk spooky to me. Give me a second. This is bugging the shit out of me. That's spooky. Thank you. Yeah. That's spooky. Fantastic. A much yes, very, a much a much higher fine. quality podcast that doesn't much need higher our quality. Help. Yes, <laughs> uh, Tyler and Johnny uh, are they are adorable, and they are hardcore like into like RuPaul's Drag Race, Dragula, mm-hmm. all of it. And so I actually learned through them that one I had heard of Sigourney Beaver, who's a drag queen, because I was Which killing myself that somebody else thought of that best. name friggin yes that's the best fucking and the most like straightforward and to the point and i'm killing myself that i never thought of that i didn't know this but sigourney weaver is a cis female 
which is fucking cool. Uh, so Sigourney Beaver is a lady, was born a lady, got lady parts. And then they also have another drag queen named Maddie Morphosis, who is a cis heterosexual male. And I think that's, that's really fucking cool. And then I also learned, unfortunately, I don't know their names. I need to look that up. They also have, I think it's on Dragula. It might be in RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm not sure which. Um, there are two trans drag queens which is also is fucking awesome. yeah like it's really fucking cool i have not started watching dragula yet i'm and I really to. not i i haven't watched any of them just because i i mean if i'm if i'm home i'm reading Touché. you know what i mean like yeah. i bought a tv because i didn't have a tv i bought one in probably november and it's still in its box yes like i still haven't taken it out and set it up part of that is sounds about, am, that sounds about right for you so. i'm almost like cataclysmically lazy but at the same time, just I like that cataclysmic cataclysmically lazy. lazy. I mean, according a great description. According to my Kindle uh, info, what's it? Hang on, my Kindle Insight. I am. I've read for 116 weeks in a row. That's impressive. And I knew I, that at it. I've read for 401 days in a row. It would be a straight shot since 2019, but two days I didn't read. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so like, I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that as like a flex. I'm saying I read too fucking much, basically. I think it's, so, uh, it's a good habit to have, to be perfectly I mean, honest. I agree. And it's nice too opinion. with like the Kindle app because it's like, great, my book's in my pocket if I've got, you know, five minutes to wait at the doctor's office or something. <laughs> anyway, so... I don't watch TV, basically, is the gist of it. I'm watching The Witcher because Ace and Cindy basically double-teamed me. And, I mean, God <laughs> love welcome. them. Because You're welcome. <laughs> I just got... Like, I knew I was into it just because looking at him, I was like, all right, tell me He more. grinds up good. That's oh, what it he is. He really does. He's like, Henry Cavill but then when does he grinds nothing up. for me. Does nothing for me. Like, in Superman, whatever. Like, I'm sure you're a perfectly lovely young man. But then you slap that white wig and those funky glasses on him and, you know, like, or funky uh, contacts on him, you know, beat yep. him up a little bit. And I'm just like, well, hello, daddy. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. He he dirties up well. He dirties up he, so he good. He dirties up so good. And that brings me to horror crush number two. is <laughs> not Henry Cavill, but Geralt of Rivia. And uh, a noble, just, noble I drive, horror crush. I drive, right? I drive myself nuts because for some fucking reason in my head, I keep trying to call him Geralt of Rivera. And I'm like, that's not right. Geraldo Rivera. I guess maybe, but it, the rhythm isn't right. You know, it's Rivia. It's not Rivera. And so, yeah. like, I I say it in my head, and it's I don't Geraldo know if this Rivera. Is, <laughs> I don't right. Yeah, exactly. What is the the other one? Uh, uh, mayonnaise is in Gatorade for Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, but I do other people do this where it's like you think something and you're close and you can't quite get it and you keep thinking it wrong. And it's like the thinking equivalent of like poking a sore tooth. Do yeah. you get that? It's no, almost like, that it's like brain pain. And so I do that with calling him Geralt of, of, Riv, of Rivera instead of Rivia. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, we just went a I long way to. Like Geraldo Rivera. That's all I, I guess. Maybe they could be. I mean, <laughs> it's honestly not much of a stretch. You now find that you're Capone's, it out loud. Uh, Capone's vault. That's all. Yes. <laughs> Capone's, Capone's vault. If you yeah. was looking for Al Capone's balls, I'd probably have been more interested. I, mean, that I remember been much more interesting. I remember that. when they drilled into Al Capone's vault because my parents watched it. Yeah. And it was driving me apeshit because it took like nine hours or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. And, and there was nothing. nothing in it. There's nothing in it. It was just like, oh, fuck yeah. you. Fuck your mother. 
hilarious. I was like 10 or 11. Like, I don't have the attention span for this. <laughs> just like, I don't need this. No, it's like, it's like reading a Am I the Asshole thread on Reddit and getting no resolution. Exactly. Which and is, the short answer, yeah. yes, Geraldo, you are the asshole. Yes, you are. You are the asshole. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Anyway. And then my hey, third horror crush. Oh, you've got three now. <laughs> well, because I piggybacked off of yours, remember? Oh, yes. Now I remember. Is the <laughs> actor who played the main character's brother, whose name I've already forgotten again. Uh, Trey, what's the brother's name? Right now. What's the actor's he name? Is, uh, the actor's name is Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who plays Nathan Troy Stewart Clark Jarrett. Wright. Troy, not Trey. Troy. Troy. And he was adorable because he was gay, but not a stereotype. And he was also a really fucking protective good brother. Yes. And I loved that. I love anytime you take something that uh, in, in lesser hands would be played like for camp or yeah, he did not played play as, a, as a punchline. And he's just her brother who also happens to be gay. He and was I, so he real. He played him fucking yeah. perfectly. Definitely my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I loved all the characters, but that one in particular, I just yeah. adored. Um, so my uh, horror crush, just like cop out, cop out, but I don't care is uh yaya abu mateen the second who played anthony in a candy man uh and you might know him as um also what i remember him from was from uh the watchman series and he was gorgeous in that too and wasn't there uh, half naked (laughs) wasn't he also in black panther or my i thought he was but he he wasn't i got him mixed up with someone else this but he is um he's in a bunch the one that i remember because it came out at the same time was black panther and then the watchman series Mm -hmm. came out right around the same time Mm -hmm. um he's also in uh, and i fuck you i like this movie uh to the people to the haters uh the matrix resurrections and he's so good is that the that one that too. just came out the one that just came out he's in okay i i got no dog in that fight so, i i loved him in that he was so adorable in it and mm-hmm. talk about this guy is like an amazing actor for me i i think he's a chameleon because he can play just about anything um in watchmen he was fantastic and he's so different from what he was in this movie and so different from what he was in the matrix that right. i'm just like i love you gets to like actually <laughs> so, show his acting chops instead of being yeah, stereotyped he is, into um it. apparently he was also in the greatest showman and i don't remember him in that so oh, now i, gotta I go never back saw and watch it, it. So. it's because again i don't ever watch anything. oh and he I also just go was home in the read. new um aquaman as black manta he was one of the best still so I, I, again that's another one where i leered at pictures of jason momoa but i didn't actually honestly that's really all you need to do in that movie i, figured. I, I don't even remember what the plot is about but he was They're, also kind of a sweet i think it's kind of a pwp yeah <laughs> I don't know what that movie was about at all. I'll be honest. Jason was, Momoa getting wet. Jason I mean, that's Momoa really all I cared wet, about. And that was pretty much it. I mean, it's but kind of the he, same way that I feel about um, speaking of our Lord and Savior, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Uh, uh, he he. It, it's like when Ghost Rider came out, and all mm. the hardcore comic book fans were like, "This is bullshit." And I was like, I just wanted to see a movie where Nicolas Cage's head caught on fire, and I mean, that movie too. delivered. That and that's all I right? wanted. All I, I wanted out of Aquaman. Was I for also Jason want Momoa to, to get wet in, and it delivered. Um, for my next uh, horror crush, my second one is just the original Candyman, Tony yes. Todd. Yes. Who I know I have said because um, we did a whole entire fucking episode about him, so obviously he is oh God, a yes. uh, a regular. But man, he is still amazing. In he fact, is, um, yes. I got a Candyman action figure for Christmas from my husband, which made Badass. me very happy. Uh, he was uh, he was in a guest he was a guest host on an episode of Psych alongside. Uh, Oh damn it, Keenan! 
the guy from he was he was in Keenan and Cal and then he was on SNL for oh um I forgot Keenan Keenan I forgot his last name but I know I can't remember his last name either um along with him and uh uh what's his name Steve Urkel I can't remember anybody's name right now. Oh shoot, I can't remember his name. Jalea, Jalea, Jalea White. Jalea White, yeah. Jalea yeah. White. That's and then name. there was a third guy, but I didn't recognize him, so I don't know his name. Um, but it was really funny. <laughs> and uh, uh, Keenan Thompson, Keenan Thompson, Keenan uh, Thompson re- referred to Tony Todd as that this huge ass uh, Sugar Hill looking uh, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> and that's just Christian of Tony. Right, Todd just ever. the marriage of Sugar Hill and Tony Todd with like, gosh, that's kiss. That's that's perfect, actually. That's the it best was delicious. I've ever heard, actually. Yep. <laughs> and Sean and Gus were fucking terrified of Tony Todd's character, and it was he was an undercover cop, and it was uh, truly, it was truly beautiful watching them scream every it. time he came in the room. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, weekly fuck off. Yes. All right. My so, weekly fuck off is right. my car. We're having yeah. to change the battery for the second time this winter. And the guy who sold me the car, who's a friend of mine, and I love the guy, but he uh, basically, I asked him to come over and give me a jump because my car died uh, while I was visiting you guys, actually. And he goes, yeah, it, the battery tends to die in the winter. And it was like, thank you for telling me that before I paid you money for this car. Now, to be fair, I didn't pay much money for this car. But at the same time, and I don't feel like he was being deliberately malicious or anything like that. But it, at the same time, it was like, still would have been good information to have before I walked into a blind. Yeah, no, I get it. And in this car's defense, I should have gone out and started it. I didn't. We had some really severe winter weather blow through. First, it was dropping down into the single digits. And then we had a massive snowstorm that came through and dropped probably a foot and a half of accumulation. Uh, I mean, as it is, actually, my yeah, friend is me pictures tonight. And I was like, yeah. Jesus. My friend's Ooh. gonna come over tonight actually and help me dig my car out so that Les Schwab can come give me a jump tomorrow. Oh, that's good. But yeah, it's it's like this is I love it. Don't get me wrong, I ain't complaining and I love it, but I really should have gone down and at least turned over my car. Mm. And well, I didn't, and that's my fault. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Pretty much. So, I mean, there's a learning curve. Just say, hey, fuck you, winter weather, but I know you really like winter weather. So. I do love winter weather. Yeah. Every too. time I go out and see the already I'm here, happy. but I, I do love it. It's already gone. I'm in San Diego, so it's already gone. I mean, it was nice while I was there. It was very nice, and now it's done. So, what's the weather getting up to now? I mean, we're just in our 70s, which is you know about average. It's just kind of back to which is fine, but not anything particularly. Nothing very very wintry. Um, My weekly fuck off, which actually, like I said, was a um, it should have been probably a couple weeks ago. Weekly fuck off, uh, but it was to the general public because I. For those of you who have been following the saga of the truck stops, I used to work at the, the there was the truck stop, which um, that's code, by the way, I don't actually work at a truck stop. Right. Um, which was the uh, place I used to work at a museum. And then I worked for a corporate and I we used to call it the corporate truck stop. Um, and I worked there and uh, that place was okay. kind of sucked in some ways and other ways it was in. And I uh, left there for a really great truck stop which was a small startup and um unfortunately during the um pandemic i got laid off because you know pandemic uh and then i was like oh shit i need money so i went to work at another truck stop (laughs) and uh i only lasted six months because that truck stop really sucked uh because it was the worst the worst customer service job i have ever had in my entire fucking life um the staff were okay 
they were nice. Like I got along with them just fine. So it was, but it was definitely like, man, the public was rough. They were just mean, mean human beings. And I quit. I'm starting at another truck stop, which doesn't involve customer service. And I'm very excited. (laughs) So uh, I just, oh man, all I know is like, it is, it is my own hell being in customer service. And I'm so glad I'm kind of climbing out of that pit and getting out of customer service. I don't blame you. Yay! Customer service is fucking grim. It is the most depressing thing you can ever do. And I've, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done receptionist work. So uh, for the last few years after I left the first truck stop, so it, which isn't as bad, uh, to be honest, I just hate phones and that I have now probably phone PTSD working at this last place (laughs) and it wasn't a call center. It just, the phone never stopped ringing. And the people who I talked to were either really dumb, they didn't listen, or they were just really fucking aggressive. Right. And it gets to the point where, you know, when you throw an iPad at someone's face because they're getting Yeah, way that was complete bullshit. That's when you know that, yeah, it's time to change jobs. So I did. And it's great. So um, if you are one of those people, which I don't think we, you are, I think everyone who listens to this podcast is pretty cool. But right. if you're one of those people who love to give shit to uh, people in the service industry, uh, you can you. go uh, jump up my ass. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Just jump up my tiny butthole. <laughs> so right. yeah, there you go. But that's my fuck off. I fuck think off. that's a, that is a, that is a, a, a well-earned fuck I off. I think it's a worthy fuck off. <laughs> so, so, yep. Anyway. So we get to the heart of the heart of the episode. Yes. Yay. And so, also, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about romance novel like you guys have been warned. Okay, I suppose. <laughs> so Candyman, it's actually not a remake, which is very wonderful. Um, from it's the new one from 2021, and it's shockingly only 90 minutes. It just wow! It told a great story in that short amount of time, which blew my mind. Uh, and it really uh, did. It I would say it's kind of a continuation. And the synopsis on IMDb says, in present day, many years after the last of the Cabrini towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to the use of these macabre details in his studio as a fresh grist for paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot more to say than just that. Yeah, <laughs> so shit, right? it was such a, I mean, I really love the original Candyman. We have discussed it on the show before, we have sung its praises. Oh, yeah. Many, many, many times. It's it's a beautiful film. But what I loved about this one is it took a wonderful horror film with a really haunting theme and elevated it to something even beyond what it originally was. Um, yeah. It was a clear, wonderful example of someone taking source material and elevating it to something way beyond what it originally was was supposed to be. Yeah, hugely. Well, and it... I also really like it because it addressed the things that in the original movie were problematic for yes. uh, audiences who are people of color, basically. Yes, I agree. Yes, it totally did. And Nia Acosta, who was the director, mm-hmm. uh, she knocked this goddamn bitch out of the Yeah, she fucking did. 
She better get some crazy award movies. She better crazy. She better get crazy fucking work after this. She better because damn, this was just holy shit. She was just. It was not only like just well directed, but like acting wise and directing choices, but visually, it was just gorgeous. Like it was beautiful. Um, and just the the angles, like when we were talking about when the next day when we were talking about just the whole opening sequence when they're showing the skyline of Chicago, the way that was shot, uh, mm-hmm. at this weird angle yeah, like you're laying the, down. You're, yeah, it's like yeah. you're laying down and being dragged through it. So it looked like the, like basically the city was upside down and looked like it was being eaten by fog. Mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful. Like that and and the score, which I loved so much, was even though it was obviously not the Philip Glass theme though they did it did call go back, back to it, it. call back to it um it still had that philip glass feel very yeah, that sure. wonderful like minimal like haunting feel mm-hmm. to it which it so it really did like it respected the source material but made it better i think is a good yeah. way of putting it well and it um, definitely it definitely took it acknowledged it and then made its own that made yes. it its own yes that's exactly how i look at it um it was just gorgeous and I loved the what they did for a lot of things when they were talking about like like flashbacks and that sort of thing. They used this that beautiful shadow puppets. Yes, the shadow puppets were fucking cool. Oh, they and were there was, so cool. <laughs> so so one of the things that that this did, and I mean, this is going to have spoilers in it, so you've been warned yeah, if you want to watch I would this. Highly recommend watching this movie before yeah, listening. Yeah, and I would out. I would not listen to. Uh, so I'd go watch it first and then come back and listen yeah, to the and episode. and then come back to listen to this because it, pause it right now, go watch the yeah. movie, come back and listen to our commentary because this movie, I went into it pretty blind because I didn't want it to be spoiled and I was not disappointed at For all. For sure. I was just 100%. blown away from beginning to end. Uh-huh. And then, um, but, so there's, one of the things that this movie reveals through the course of the film as it unfolds is that there is not a candy man there are candy mans, plural. Yeah. And so the candy man who is haunting Anthony in this version is not the Tony Todd. Uh, God damn it. I knew his name and it just blinked out of my head. Oh, hold on. Let me let me pull it up because I have the IMDb up. David. The uh, new candy man? Hold on. No, no, no. T- Tony Todd's candy man. Oh, um, oh my God. I can't believe I just played time. Daniel Robitaille. Daniel Robitaille. Thank you. Daniel Robitaille. Thank you. Uh, it's no, not like Daniel Robitaille. It's no. not Daniel Robitaille's character. It's actually a guy who was murdered by the police in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, and you find out that this stretches back, I think, even back beyond Daniel Robitaille. Like, I don't think he was the first Candyman either. No, they kind of imply that he was, like, not the first Candyman. That it, it keeps stretching back and stretching back and stretching back um and it's like he just oh and so the candy man in this one is uh sherman it was sherman fields wasn't it i see yeah i think so and so yeah i'm pretty sure it was sherman fields and And he was called candy man because he would give kids hard candy in his pocket yeah Yeah. and he was and he was was harmless and he was harmless but he was pretty much just there the police was looking were looking for this killer and a scapegoat so they just just beat the shit out of him. him. Well, yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't it? I think the implication too was like he had like hardcore PTSD from Vietnam. Yeah, that was kind like of he lost. He lost a he hand lost in a Vietnam hand. and had a hook. He was. I think it, they were implying that he was a homeless man. Right. And he was and harmless, he, and, and but he they was, needed a scapegoat. 
Yeah. And so, uh, and basically what tends to happen in this movie is it's anytime a black person is scapegoated by a white person, basically. Yes. Is when the sort of the Candyman legend is reborn. And, yeah. uh, and the thing too, that made it so goddamn terrifying for me was, so they showed through the shadow puppets, the past victims of this curse basically yeah and one of them was a boy like he was a kid yes oh and God, that was, was uh, just yeah. riding his bike and you see what is presumed to be a little white girl who has pigtails and she points at him for some reason yeah and he gets run down he's murdered and then they show him in the candy man form and he's still on the bike but he's got the fucking hook yeah and at first i was like well that's kind of ridiculous but then i stopped and thought about it and i was like no that's terrifying it's horrible horrifying it really is terrifying and so when they go into the backstory they do these beautiful shadow puppets which was Mm -hmm. just inspired i was just like that's amazing uh so when they first you know go into they actually go into the original story of uh, helen from the uh original Candyman about mm-hmm. they kind of like but they they tell it which i loved was like an urban legend so all the mm-hmm. stuff we saw yes. the candy man it clearly is being told as an urban legend that she is this monster and yes. um i thought that was and they do all of that in the shadow puppet form and i was like that's really cool and that's yeah. uh troy telling that story isn't yes. it at the very beginning which is um the brother yeah, so yeah the brother yeah the brother yeah, of because... one of our main characters yes and um hold on i'm angela. gonna pull up the it was was it angela thought it was angela i'm gonna pull up the names of the characters really quick because if i don't i'm gonna just be like who who were these people right so um oh brianna brianna i was completely wrong why the fuck did i think her name was angela well they both have a uh at the end i guess i guess that must be it so pretty much um it opens with anthony uh who is played by my horror crush and brianna who are they're a couple she's a art curator Yes, they're and, very like upwardly. Yeah. They're like a young upwardly mobile uh, couple. Yeah. And Anthony is an up and coming artist, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Troy is Brianna's brother, and his um, what was the name of his boyfriend who was also that, just that uh, adorable tiny? I can't remember. <laughs> it was Grady. Was it Grady? Grady. I think Grady. Yeah, was yeah, I think that's Grady. Cute little tiny guy. And was Grady I, the guy? No, that was Clyde. No. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and I just remember uh, Troy going like, oh, if he gives you any shit, Grady will kick his ass. And Grady comes yes. up to his, like, shoulder. Yeah. Right, yeah. Grady's, like, three feet tall and five yeah. feet And he's like, <laughs> and Grady's like, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. He's like, yeah, um, just like my boyfriend said. Yeah, and so it was really cute. So it opens with them telling a story, and it's, it's Troy pretty much telling the spooky story to Brianna about Helen. And that brings up Candyman, which I guess just starts fascinating Anthony. Uh, through a series of unfortunate events, Anthony Very essentially becomes uh, kind of possessed by Candyman. Right. Um, and it starts through his art. Like he does, he has this big show that happens, and his um, piece was Say My Name, and it was pretty much just a mirror. And you're supposed to say right, Candyman because in he the mirror. Had, well, he had done all the research into. Yes what had happened and there was also the references too to the um original case that got helen's attention in the original Candyman, which was yeah. the woman who called 911 and said he's coming in through the walls and yeah. when they got there there was nobody there but she had been murdered and then helen realized that you could take out the um the, what you medicine, call it, cabinet. the medicine cabinets yeah. yeah to get access into uh, each other's apartments yes and so and- 
it really does harken back to kind of that original. But what I thought was really interesting, and especially as a fan of the original, which I kind of liked how they did it, is they just kind of teased you of, are we really going to go into the original um, mm-hmm. uh, Candyman mythos. story mythos, or are we just going to touch on Helen because he was mostly researching Sherman? Which mm-hmm. was their Candyman, essentially. Yeah. And um, and then as the story goes on, they start to reveal, uh, you know, they reveal the original Candyman story, and then they reveal that there was this guy, and then right. well, but they guy, also you know? too that the cool thing too is they in the original retelling, there's no really supernatural element to it all. It's this no. white uh, college or grad student, Helen Lyle from the first movie, yeah. went nuts basically. And got too into it, went crazy, attacked and killed a bunch of people, tried to throw a baby into a bonfire, was stopped, and the baby was saved. Yes. And and there's no mention of, you know, it was because Daniel Robitaille was in love with her. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. there's, there's <laughs> none of that. And so it's it's the whole, you know, it was just this lady who read up on it and she went fucking crazy. And so it basically, sort of the, the narrative that was developing around Helen during the first Candyman becomes the widely known narrative 30 years later. Exactly. And, um, and so what I loved about that is it's this really wonderful slow burn reveal of, oh, there he is. And then that reveal of, but he wasn't the only one. Yes. And that's what really gave me the chills yes. where you're like, and, and it, it was really not just chilling, but it was also heartbreaking. Because yeah. you realize all these, these men who became Candyman were innocent yeah they were just scapegoated and yep, it's just heartbreaking and it's like it's in and then that's kind of what ended up happening to anthony yeah uh and and brianna in, in a weird way i loved brianna by the way um who was i did too girlfriend. she took no shit she was such yeah. a great um i hate to i hate to use the term final girl because I really don't think she really was a final yeah, girl. Yeah, she's a little too old to but like, she establish really, to be a final girl. But I guess. But what she was saying. really like she was really plucky. Like I just she did everything that I felt a competent heroine would do in that. Circle. Right. There was no. I'm home alone with the children, and there's a noise upstairs. I'm going to go upstairs with a candle and figure it out. Exactly. Like, she she would be the woman that was like, "Get your ass down here! Get out in the car! We're leaving." Exactly. And she did like every time she, if she was ever in peril, it was just because there was no other way to get out Ex- of it. Right. For and, sure. And the um, other thing too that I would just, I just this, but, it has nothing to do with Brianna, but I love that all of the sort of secondary kills in the movie were white people all of them were that pretty was much yeah fucking i thought that wah. was fucking brilliant that I was, was like, great yes i, I thought was... that was so fucking clever it really was and it really that i mean it just like i said it just it worked it worked so it really well did. and i loved the um the, that the kills which i think was great is they took the mirror you know the mirror uh premise from the original where mm-hmm. if you say Candyman's name in the mirror i forgot how many times um, it was it five times yep. um you say his name in your reflection five times and you know he comes and he and you're gonna have a bad day but you um, have a real bad day you have a really bad day the and last day that you're gonna have pretty much and what i loved was um that they played on the mirror so much where like the one of the very first kills you get like the first dramatic kill is Anthony creates that uh, piece called Say My Name, which was yes. the, and you, you know, the, the mirror and you were supposed basically. to, yeah, and, to and, it was, it. and you open the cabinet and there's like, you know, and, 
And it's really a cool, it's actually kind of a cool piece. I thought it was a it. neat multimedia I really piece, it. personally. And of course, you know, the art world's giving him shit and stuff like of that. Of course, because it's not pretentious enough for it's them. It's not pretentious enough, and he's a young black man, and it's just mm-hmm. stupid. So, of course, the sleazy art gallery owner who works with Brianna stays late to clean up with... Whose name was Clive, son. by the way, yeah. did you get that? Yes, that cracked Clive me up. Barker. And, uh, <laughs> and so they... Um, they they start making out and saying Candyman in the mirror your first mistake and then obviously uh sherman shows up to give you a bad day basically and, uh, like you called i answered but what was so awesome about it is you didn't see sherman except in reflections so you yeah. saw him in the art piece and then you'd see him in the reflections of like the the windows or the glass and all that sort of thing uh, but the killings were happening but nobody was there so this yes. guy was getting just ripped apart yeah, you'd but see you somebody really... being pulled, and, and you'd then, see, yeah, like like you'd see somebody being pulled by nothing, but then in the mirror you'd see it's because Sherman had a hold of them. Exactly, it was so beautifully. It done. It was very cleverly done. And then, as Anthony is getting further and further into this, the interesting thing too about the, the Candyman curse is it's not just somebody who's being scapegoated, but it's also somebody who's being scapegoated sort of by the curse itself. Yes. Like there has to be a sacrifice basically. Yes. And so the person being scapegoated is the sacrifice that the curse has chosen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so as an Anthony, of course, he's, he's gotten the attention of the curse and it kind of started, well, it starts because he breaks into what's left of Cabrini green to take he some pictures. He also said pictures. the name in the reflection, remember a lot at the very beginning. That. It was really cute. They were, they had Brianna, he had Brianna on their, his lap and they were being. Oh, cute. right. But didn't Candy he, not, Man, he but didn't was, say it the last time. Yeah, I he did. It. Cause she said, don't say it. And then he says it really fast and she gets mad at him and like hits him essentially. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I remember seen, that. So he I did, yeah. he did summon him. He was saying it in not Which the mirror. Which makes sense. Yeah. saying it into the window reflection of the window. Yes. And so and, he yeah. ends up becoming obsessed with this, this curse. He breaks into what's left of Cabrini Green, which is, is, gated it's fenced off it sounds like it's like the last couple of people who live there are refusing to leave yeah before the, so the corporations can come down and tear it down and gentrify it yes and he ends up meeting this older guy who is the guy that saw sherman get killed in the 70s basically mm-hmm. and they do a lot of flashbacks uh with him and as a child and him as an adult and he uh basically tells him the story of Candyman, tells him what the, the, I think he's the one that says the thing about Hella Lyle, isn't it, about her being crazy and... Yeah, I think so. Was he the one that told that or was it the brother? Well, Helen was, he was the one, the brother was the one that told the original story about him. Right, but one of them said that, that and I one of them tells was... the version where Helen is the, the, the killer basically. Yeah, well that was actually Troy, I think. Who was that Troy? Him. Okay. I yeah, because you start, I, I think it was, I forgot the name, I think, was it name of the character oh um was it billy or bill or something like that or jameson or william burke i don't remember what the name of the <laughs> billy or bill or jameson, jameson. i'm literally <laughs> going through the con the, the like names here <laughs> going was it this guy was this guy i'm going Hang through on. like the cast list right now let me go turn um, on the i'm gonna look at it for my groceries and then no i'll uh, I'll so, hold on i'm gonna well. see if it says what it is what the name of this character is um it should say because there'll be two entries for him because it'll be him, then it'll be him like age yeah, 12 like, or whatever. It's William. So William, is William? Okay. is pretty much the, the old guy who lives in Cabrini Green still. Yes. And he remembers and I mean he's I, the I, one like, that, so we're giving you spoilers. He was yeah, the one that originally discovered uh, Sherman. 
Yes. And he's the one that as a 12 year old saw the cops kill him. Yeah. He, as a 12 year old, he saw the cops kill Sherman, essentially. Yes. He was the one that he was in the laundry room and the kid and, you know, Sherman surprised him and it scared him. And so when he screamed, the cop showed up and just like went to town. Like, <laughs> essentially. Basically, uh, gun to mouth. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Anyway, while he's in there taking photos and, and talking to William, he ends up getting stung by a bee. And that becomes like a through line. Yes. Because this wound doesn't heal. In fact, it gets worse and worse. And so, like, like his the gross is, part of me, yeah. yeah, the gross part of me is like, I kind of want to poke it. Like, I want to. I kind of wanted to peel at it. I was all like, yeah, like, I, I'm going to go full Dr. There, buddy. Popper on it and. Yeah, like, let's take a, I'm going to get some tweezers, and I'm going to see what could I can get out of this shit. Because essentially Basically. his hand is deteriorating. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and as his hand yeah. deteriorates, his mind seems to be going with it. Exactly. And he starts, like, painting all the Candyman faces, like, of every single one of them. And and it's supposed to be his new artwork, and his, he's starting to just become more unglued and, uh, you know, losing track of reality. Uh, he goes and visits that art critic that gave him shit at the yeah, show. Finley something or other. Yeah. And he goes to visit her to talk about his work because Wendy, I did laugh at this, even though it was both like, oh, that's bad. That's sick. But it's also like, that was kind of funny. Was after uh, Clive was killed and the intern were killed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the news report. And they said at the, oh, you know, the art gallery, and they say his name, they say where the, they were found in front of the piece, say my name by Anthony, Car- you know, whatever his last name mm-hmm. was. And he goes, hey, hey, they saved my name on the news. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's looking at him like, what? And he's all and his girlfriend's like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, God, that was so funny. I have to admit, that was a funny moment. That, that was actually, yeah, that was, and it was kind of I mean, one of those things for like, laughs, but it was also well, like can, kind of grotesque and horrible. And you can tell, time. too, that he's like, like, at first he's just excited because, you know, he's an up and coming artist and they said his name and they said his piece. And then it's like, as the words come out and everybody's looking at him, he's starting to be like, oh, oh right. I, I fucked this up. I did not read the room. <laughs> exactly. He's like, ooh, mistakes were made. My <laughs> bad. But the interesting thing is, is because the murder happens in front of it, suddenly his art piece is gaining in popularity. And the same people he's who gaining. shit yeah. on it are suddenly, like like Finley, the art uh, cri- uh, critic, suddenly she... Uh, who had she very, been very dismissive of him at the original showing? Suddenly, she is very, very intrigued in it. Has him over to her apartment. You know, wants to have this whole discussion, and and so it's kind of this thing where it's like, and she on lives one in hand, a very Kubrick-looking apartment. Very, very <laughs> no, it's, cute it's Kubrick. Very, it's very uh, shining. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been you know reading a lot of romance with like rich amoral russian billionaires and like they have apartments like that yeah uh, <laughs> none of the doorway all the doorways are crooked well and like and like uh, like the walls are all windows so like everybody can watch you kind of thing mm-hmm. but so while he's there uh he that i think that's kind of when he first really sees sherman showing up in his yeah because he walks right? past a mirror and the whole interior reflection. is mirrored yeah and he walks, he's, oh, he, he runs to the restroom and, or never really makes it. And he walks by the, this, you know, one of those full length mirrors in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And as he walks past, it's Sherman as his reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And he just kind of freaks out and leaves. And then uh, Finley is found dead after that. Yeah. So well, and because you, you have a, 
sorry. You have a little bit of a jump scare there too, where she yes. goes to use the restroom and he has this whole weird thing where he's trying to move in the hallway, but he can't. Oh yeah. The, the reflection, like Sherman won't let him basically. Yeah. He's pretty much like trapped. And so, and I think he's trying to go to her to warn her or, or save I her don't basically. I quite remember because it was a while ago yeah, it's since been, I watched it's been it. But it was a really, it, but it was very, yeah, very intense. Pra- pretty much just paralyzed with fear. And, and so yeah. she and she's been in the other room for like an ominously long amount of time. And so you're yes. like, yeah, she's fucking dead. Or she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And you're always gonna open the door and there's just blood all over her pristine white bathroom. But instead she ends up opening the door and sees him like all weird and contorted. And she's like, Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, just like, goes, yep, I yep, gotta go. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And so But then the next morning they find her dead. Yes. And interestingly, I like too where this the news report both deviates from the original movie, but also throws a homage to it because uh, they say, like, Anthony is never considered a suspect. Yes. They I say her, her husband is considered a suspect. Yeah. And that was kind of a throwback to the original movie, both the scene where... Um, uh, Helen is accused of killing uh, uh, Anna Maria's uh, or Anne Marie's uh, dog. Yes, and also the whole thing with uh, when after so after Helen dies in the original movie, she sort of becomes the next Candyman, kind of. Yes, and her dog. her her sort of cheating dirtbag husband with the twenty year old college student <laughs> named Stacy uh, that he's moved <laughs> ironically. In basically is he says her name in mourning five times oh, in the bathroom yeah. and she, and she appears and she gets him yeah and the the college she student deserved. ends up finding him oh he totally deserved it I totally and she it. starts screaming and flailing with this knife and you realize like the intimation at the end of the movie is that she's going to kind of continue the cycle where now they're going to think she killed the husband and so I, I felt like that whole scene with Finley and her husband being the one who was suspected was a kind of a, a, a tip of the hat to that, basically. I think so, too. I really do. Um, there's a one scene I definitely want to discuss was the uh, teenagers in the bathroom. Scene, yes. Which was so good. It was so <laughs> upsetting. One, it was upsetting. But at the same time, I'm all, you fucking bitches. But well, it was, yeah, but it, it was, was, it was very, very like. So it was very so much well a reminder done. of why I'm glad I'm not in, in high school and I never will be. Oh again. yeah. And it's pretty much just, you know, the Candyman legend starts going around. It was and uh, the girl who has all these kids say these teenage girls say Candyman. One they're all white, which I thought was once again mm-hmm. a good callback. And two, she was actually at the um art gallery um mm-hmm. show with like a parent and um, she took the flyer that talked about Candyman, saying Candyman in the mirror five times. And yeah, and the one survivor is the person of color who who was in the ever, stall that they were hiding in the stall because uh, yeah, the implication is is she's got some kind of like mental health issue. She's very overwhelmed, hides in the bathroom. They yeah. you know, are yelling at her through the stall, and then you see them one by one, you know, through the bottom of the stall, basically going down. Yeah. And that and that thing where the compact mirror flies out of that uh, flies and hits the floor, and you can see just hints of the murder through the compact yes. Mirror. That, I thought that was really well done. That was so well done. Um, that fact, was the only, a, and it, that was a scary ass scene. That was, was like, super scary. It was good. It was that I was think, one of my one of those wonderful scenes that I was blown away. Well, by. and it was one of those things too where it kind of it kind of reminds me of like when I saw The Grudge the first time, where it was one of those where it's like this isn't following the usual rules. Exactly. 
So it's what six girls in the middle of the school day, and this ends up happening. And sure yeah. enough, they do it, and it's not a it's we did it in, in school, school, but day, then yeah. that night, you know what I mean? Like it is right there in the middle of the fucking school day, and it's like it, no, like like this is an entity that has no fucks left to give. Exactly, basically. and it does make you wonder if that poor girl in the stall is going to be scapegoated. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, yeah. and that's a fair concern, honestly. And it does, and that's kind of where my mind went was, are, mm-hmm. is she going to be scapegoated? Is she going to be the next be like, one well, she's, uh, There's all these, you know, young white girls who got murdered and a young black woman was running out of the scene. Was she going to mm-hmm. be scapegoated now? Um, and it was, it was a really well done scene. It, it was, was just really chilling. well done. Um, and then I wanted to do my favorite, absolute favorite connection between this movie and the other movie was yes. Anthony's mother. Yes. Who Anthony and I was like, no, no. And then I know. Like, yes. I was yes. Like, yes. That was that was a stroke of fucking genius. I was so like, have you oh. seen the original Candyman? You know that the, the the climax of the movie is Helen. Where was she taken from? That's where she ends up in the institution, isn't it? She was in the institution, and then she ends. Yeah, she was because this is because this is sort of no because she ends up in the institution because of this. Yes. Because this is the crux of where her life basically takes this nosedive. Yeah, because where that's she, when uh, she, she wakes up from the first Candyman yeah, episode. She, she blacks out yeah. and she wakes up and she's in Anne Marie's apartment. apartment. She the the her Rottweiler has been beheaded, and, and Anne Marie is very young. She's a very young single mother yeah. is screaming and panicking because her baby is just has disappeared yeah. and Helen ends up accidentally hitting her with a, a meat cleaver because Anne-Marie attacks her mm-hmm. and she wakes up with the cleaver in her hand she tries to get her to calm down and ends up stabbing her in the clavicle with it basically yeah so she's arrested and suddenly it's like everything is flipped where before because she was a privileged white woman everybody was kind of bending over backwards to help her but now that she's you know like she's the number one suspect in this suddenly it's like people aren't interested in her feelings and you know there's the scene where she's forced to strip and uh, take off the bra and like she has to lift her breasts to make sure there's nothing underneath it and she's obviously she's covered in blood she's obviously super fucking traumatized and but it's kind of the scene where it's like but this is you know this is how it is for most people who aren't privileged white women yes and so uh she ends up she, she keeps telling them that the candy man did it she ends up institutionalized and the whole time they're like where's the baby helen where's the baby she has no fucking idea where the baby is and finally she clues in it's the whole thing she breaks up well candy man kills her doctor um she breaks out she ends up going back to cabrini green and she finds she realizes that the baby is in the bonfire that they haven't lit yet essentially it's like mm. a big sort of almost like a wicker man kind of thing where it's for the the new year yeah where everybody brings their trash and uh it's just this like it's crazy this gigantic a, yeah it's a gig- gigantic it's uh, on fire from yeah and keep in mind this is the original movie we're talking yeah, this about is the not, original not movie the from what 90 91 92 not, yeah like, and yeah. and so helen first makes the connection of she realizes that she's sort of the reincarnation of the woman that daniel robitaille fell in love with and it's the reason why he became the candy man and then uh there's this beautiful scene where it was always you helen yeah uh, painted on the wall underneath a, a portrait that he had painted ever and mm-hmm. she races into the bonfire and she saves the baby at the last minute and she's so wounded in the process like she's she's suffered so many burns that she basically delivers the baby to Anne marie and dies 
Yeah. Essentially is what happens. Yeah. Cause she's literally and, on fire. Yes. Like her hair is gone. And when, over, like, and when her she hair is appears, gone, they're patting her out with blankets, you know, yeah, she, when she, she is on fire, <laughs> when she appears to kill her husband at the end of the movie, she's still burnt, like no hair. Like she's in the, the morgue gown that they had put her in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she uses Daniel Robitaille's hook to, to gut her husband. Yeah. Um, but so, what you find out and you don't find out like there's this whole through line where Anthony's mom has been calling and Anthony's mom hates Brianna and like there's obviously some issues there where Brianna's not good enough for her son there's like maybe there's a little bit of like a classist kind of perspective going on there where maybe Brianna didn't grow up in the projects the same way that uh, Anthony's mother did yeah and uh finally he goes to see his mother and it's Anne-Marie and you realize he's the baby that was saved from the bonfire by yeah. Helen Lyle in the first movie. And I was like, oh, like, yes. I, that was the exact noise that came out of my yes. mouth. Because we looked at each other like, no. no. Yes. And we're is he the baby? Oh, my God. He's the baby. Yes. He's the baby. And of course, and the best part is, part is, is like, Ace hasn't bugs. seen the first one, but uh-uh. she loved this movie. But Ace never saw the original Candyman. So she's like, what? What? Right. <laughs> Ace is like, do you guys like having a stroke? And- she we had to, to pause the, the movie and explain it to her because yes, we were well, so excited. We, <laughs> she was like, she, "Why she got to witness the same thing when we she went with us to see the new Halloween movie?" <laughs> and oh, yeah. every time we'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like, "Don't be there! Don't be there! Don't be there!" And then he looks out the window and she's not there anymore. And you and I are like, "Yes!" And Ace has no fucking yeah, idea what's going Ace. on. She should not be horrible. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? Oh, she's you just two? like, really, you two. Really? Right. <laughs> you two, you have a problem. We do. <laughs> we do. And the problem is, we really like horror films. Yes, right? basically. And the problem is, more cowbell. And, anyway. Um, anyway. Um, and then there's yeah, it the is... whole um, storyline um, about the boy, William, who was a boy yes. in, back in 1971 who saw Sherman murdered. Murdered, yeah. Who um, pretty much loses his mind essentially well i would i would like to point out one easter egg which made me giggle a lot was because he pretty much runs a a laundromat and when he first Mm -hmm. like meets or meets up with anthony again at the laundromat he's reading a clive barker book well and also that made me giggle the the, uh the the it's it's we've come full circle because the first time we see him he's being yelled at by his mother to take clothes to the laundromat yes and, and now then he's run, now he runs a laundromat. Yeah, he runs a laundromat. And I love that he's reading a Clive Barker book. A Clive Barker book. <laughs> and it's like, the thing that's, that's frightening about William is you don't realize until the climax of the movie that William is a threat. And William and has been a threat. I never would have suspected until that. No, moment. not at all. I, like, I thought he was supposed yeah. to be the like wise elder that like he or like or, or like the crazy Ralph. Like yes. I I I I came in contact with this entity. I barely survived it. I'm here to tell you to stay away, like that yeah. kind of shit. And what you find out is that he knew exactly who Anthony was, and he's the one that's been very gently directing Anthony in the direction. Yeah, yeah, basically, he's directing Anthony towards the uh, his sacrifice. Essentially, exactly. is what it comes down to. And so, uh, through this entire time, he's you're flashing back and forth between when he was a kid and then uh and then like the present day events that are happening in the movie in fact i think isn't this the only scene that has the black characters dying it's his sister does the yeah, candy that's man pretty much it this is the only scene is because yeah uh, 
his sister when he was young summons Candyman, and yeah, she's and having like a slumber party, and he wants to hang out with them or something yeah. like that. He wants to to hang out with them, like you know, like a little brother would want to do. And they're basically like, "Get lost, loser!" Mm-hmm. And they do the ritual, and he hears the screaming, and when he goes in, it's just bodies and blood. Yeah. And then I think after that is when the obsession really took off. Exactly. That's when it suddenly. And he's like, the yeah. one who would make the shadow puppets. Yes, because you see him in his room making the shadow puppets, which I thought was just a really cool uh, Mm -hmm. link there. It wasn't just like a stylistic thing. There was kind of a neat little link there that, you know, was like a callback kind of thing. And it turns out like I both like felt like a lot of sympathy for him as well as I felt a lot of like I also was terrified of him. Yeah, for sure. Because I felt bad because, you know, he, I think there was a little bit of guilt that he was feeling about what happened to Sherman. But at the same time, you know, there was this weird obsession he had with Candyman. And um, and then he's almost become like the avatar. Exactly. Candyman. Like he's, he's the, he's the silver surfer to Galactus basically, where he's the one that sort of. He's the harbinger. Yeah. That's yeah. He's, he's the, he's the one who makes the way. Yeah, for the Candyman to come through, basically. Exactly. And the thing that you have to realize too is, so he's seen at least two of these happen mm-hmm. because he saw Sherman, and then he was present for what happened with with Helen when it was Daniel Robitaille. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me wonder, like, how many others has he sought out? It does make me wonder if he actually did, if there was more, because at the very end. They do, uh, over the credits, they do this really great, like, montage of shadow puppets of, you know, and some of the cases were actually, you know, real. Like, I remember yeah. a few historically that they were kind of going into. And, yeah. um, but what you do at the very end, which kind of made me go, ooh, it gave me chills, was like, at the end, you see that they do four specific ones. They do the original Candyman. They do Sherman. They do the little boy. Yeah. Uh, they do and then there was a guy who was, it was, there's something about... Uh, oh, perfect. It made up. Um, it was like he was something about like it was, he was like buying goods and something was getting like that. ripped and off. Was... Like it, my vibe was like like I got like an eighteen fifty or maybe like not eighteen fifties like eighteen eighties vibe. Like he was just like yeah. trying to live in the community. Yeah, I think and it was, was getting ripped off by white merchants, and then it pretty... yeah, and then culminated in violence. And it uh, pretty much shows and at the very end you see the those four main candy men like their silhouettes and then after that more silhouettes rise up yeah. and then more silhouettes rise up until like the whole screen is filled with these silhouettes yeah. so it just makes you go oh my god how fucking far back does this go yeah how many much. were there and so it does make me wonder how many did william work on you know trying to jump right there. you know it really well and, it, and if and if he didn't jumpstart it, how many has he facilitated? Because he was Daniel Robitaille became no. the Candyman because that happened in the 1860s, 1870s. Yeah, but they did imply that there were more than just a few Candymen in exactly. that year. Exactly. So they, you know, and so that makes been... me wonder, like, were there others who, you know, were summoned by whatever dipshit and then he, you know, basically fed people to them? Yeah, and it does make me, like, it, it turned Candyman from just a horror character to a curse well yeah and it's about it. and, right. I and how that. far oh, how far that. reaching is that too is the yeah. other thing is it really you know is was... this is this solely an american thing does this stretch into other countries and other iterations you know kind of yeah. like how 
every country has a version of a zombie every country has a version of a vampire yeah you know what i mean so exactly and so it does make me wonder like i mean how far does this curse reach exactly and it's and it, and it also made it feel like is this is obvious, it's a generational curse will it ever yes. be broken because right at now you know especially right now with like for sure you know with the racism that has still and may never go away and all of that and that you know this is something that may never this is a curse that may never ever be broken right and it's kind of, it's very melancholy well, and it's tragic and it's also and scary, it's also and it's, too you know, and bear in mind i am saying this a hundred percent as a white woman who yes. is not a part of the black community at yes. all like this yes. is so my 100 this is our review yes. as two white cis women so right. but what it almost seemed like too with, with a grain of salt <laughs> what it almost seemed like too with william is william's fascination with this was born of his hatred of in the very beginning before any of this happens at the beginning of the movie when he's playing with his shadow puppets it's a black man being hassled by the police yes and so obviously he lives in the projects in the 70s i am sure he has seen some shit and yes. so because of that like he my guess is he got into this because he understood what it was to be victimized he was un he unintentionally yeah. you know helped the police find and murder sherman then his sister you know what happened with his sister and so I am 100% sure that when his fascination with this started, it was out of a desire to stop it. And yeah. instead, he's become the thing that he feared, where yeah. it's the curse that is preying on, in this case, communities of color. Exactly. And so it's yeah. kind of the thing where it's like, we have to be careful because we can become the things that we hate, essentially. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. being. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. And again, hundred percent. Yeah. White once woman. again, we're we're white women, so we can't. Right. You know, I, this is just our interpretation. Welcome to Honky Cast. It, yeah, Honky Cast. Uh, would like to make a disclaimer that we do not know. We don't know what the <laughs> so, fuck we're talking. Uh, and about I and I'm positive that you know I clearly do believe this movie was not made for me or you, even though we are fans of the original mm -hmm. uh, source material. This this was made for black horror films uh, fans. Right. And um, I will never understand a lot of what is going exactly, on in this right. film. I don't understand because well, I'm not a, a I'm not a person of color. Right. I um, understand it what it's like to be afraid. Film. I understand what it's like to be afraid to drive at night, but I don't understand what it's like to be afraid to be drive at night and get pulled over by a cop simply because you're of the color of your skin. Exactly. Like there's a lot of things. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of aspects of this film that I will never understand. Right. Um, and yeah, and that's totally okay because this movie was and you know me, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna that. i'm gonna challenge that point yeah i i think this movie is supposed to be for everybody mm -hmm. but it's with the understanding that now we're gonna look at it from the black perspective you know what i like, think I you're don't, right okay i, I don't think this my last opinion yeah i don't think this was <laughs> ever created right. as a as, as as something of a this is not for you i think it's more along the lines of you're white, you should probably see this because this will show you a perspective that you may not have had. You know what? I, I'm going to agree with you, so I redact my last statement, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do agree with you on that. I 100% um, I agree with you, though, that this is definitely a position of, this is a sensitive space that we're moving in, basically. Yes. And I will say that there's a lot of it I do not understand. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a brilliant film. I oh will my definitely God, it was say so that. fucking good. It it was, was, and so, then... It was oh, just so, so fucking brilliant. So it comes to a climax where Brianna is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And Anthony had gotten weird and kind of quasi-violent with her. Like, not, I don't think he, 
wasn't it just like he just started breaking shit? He started scared her. Never hit. I don't her think. He, yeah, he, he never hit her. He did like he broke a bunch of shit when he was. Yeah, I remember that, and then he was yelling at her because and... I think it must have been when it was when he made the the realization that I think it must have been right after the appointment with Finley because he broke all of the mirrors and told her not to look in them. Yeah, it was. And, and I don't remember. The shit out of it was kind of like the halfway point of the film and she just right. went back because she was like went to go talk to this big curator and it turns out they only wanted to talk to her because they knew she was dating anthony yes he was the big flavor of the month and she was kind of crushed about that well and there was a um, lot of too like sort of that salacious like do you know any details can you yeah tell me any like kind like, of that Jesus christ and she wanted to talk about her profession and they right. just wanted to talk about the murders and right. about and, him and, the, and, and even though Clive it and all this right. you know. and even though Clive the curator was kind of a douchebag he was still somebody she knew in real life exactly and they like that's even if you don't work together right. and even if you don't like them you're still going to be traumatized as fuck and I don't think she like disliked Clive I don't think she did either was obnoxious but I think yeah he was a I don't think she cared about him yeah I don't I don't think she had any strong feelings for him one way or the other yeah but at the same time, like, even if it's somebody you passionately hate, you work with, it's still going to be traumatic as fuck mm-hmm. if you come to work and they've been filleted like a goddamn fish along with a 19-year-old that they've been fucking. Exactly. And it's like, and so... Um, and she's the one who found them. Yeah, and I, she was a great... I loved Brianna. I she was pro- my other favorite character. Brianna and her brother were my two yeah. favorite characters. And... Um, and I love the fact that she pretty much did everything right. Things still went south for her, but she still did everything right. So it could yeah, have been a lot worse. For sure. um, it was smartly written, especially when you think from a female's perspective. She never did anything stupid. Mm-mm, she no. was like, when Anthony started getting violent, she was like, I'm out. There was never a Yeah, person. and that I was need to really. Be with you and change you and stuff like that. Right. Oh, like, she was like, fuck I you. I owe him I'm something. Out. Yeah, she's like, yeah. fuck you. Get I your hands I love off him. Me. No, she was like, fuck you. I'm out. I'm going to go stay with my brother and right. move your shit out of my apartment. <laughs> or even just, uh, you know, I'm leaving. Maybe we can talk about this another time, but I'm not dealing with your shit like this. Exactly. And I loved that about, I did too. Know, about her was that it was, it was refreshing because I've seen so many of these movies where it's like the hero is slowly going crazy. It's, you know, the, the shining syndrome, the, right. Well, obviously she had nowhere play. to go, but, right. but I mean, but the thing is, is there's always this, you know, the, the guy goes crazy, but the woman wants to stick by them because it's like, but I right. love you, the but I should just, stand by and then man she ends up, you know, I, I, I will get through this together. And once he started getting violent, she was like, I'm out. And I was like, good. <laughs> so. For sure. It was a, it was a refreshing change to yeah. see somebody like no this is i'm not i'm not putting up with this bullshit thanks but for playing she ends up like you know invest doing investigating herself and then ends up you know william ends up kidnapping her essentially because mm-hmm. she figures out that he was seeing you know uh, wi- uh that anthony was visiting william at the laundromat he finds the business card she goes there and he pretty much kidnaps her and yeah. um she is kind of stuck to, uh, in this was it wasn't a church um, I don't remember exactly what it was. Shit, I can't remember. I want to say it was, it was a church, but it he, was like, well, he took her back onto the grounds building. of Cabrini, of yeah. what's left of Cabrini Green. And it was an I abandoned it was a building. Church. I don't know why, because it I was just like it was a church, but I, it, I don't think it was very far from his laundromat. No, I, it was Cabrini. Isn't that where he snatched her? He snatched her from the he laundromat. He snatched her at the laundromat. I don't remember. Yeah. I just for some reason I have a church in my head, and I don't know I don't, why. I don't um, but they, anyway, she's. I'm going to look it up. There's going to be like a huge building. fucking cross on the wall. <laughs> no, I guess it was a church. But there was, um, either way, they're at this abandoned building. 
Mm-hmm. And she and he has her tied up, and he's watching him turn Anthony into the Candyman. He chops Basically, off Anthony's yeah. fucking hand and sticks the hook on there, and mm-hmm. and that was and, it, and the well, and the horrifying part too is like that's the hand Anthony paints with. Yes, that was even more. Oh god! So it was just like Jesus Christ. And she manages to get out of there, and um, and kind of, uh, it actually was a church. I just pulled up a picture. I'm sorry. Say that. <laughs> It actually was a church. I just pulled up a picture. Oh, all right. There and, you go. Uh, William and Anthony's facing this big mural um, over an arch of like um, like Jesus and the apostles type of thing. So I I'm must pretty be, sure. Did, and it doesn't did, look like it's did she end up? Did she end up running out of the church and then yeah. into another room? Yes. Or she another went building? into another building. I must be thinking of the second the building. Yeah. I must be thinking of the second building. Yeah. And that's because that's where the cops find them. Yeah. So that, yeah, through a big there's a big like chase battle horrifying moments and uh essentially anthony pretty much just you know is kind of coming to she's holding him you know he's got his arm is missing all this it's so horrible and yeah he's he's, yeah yeah, he's a he's a slavering i mean he's more like beast than man at this point yeah and then the, the white cops come in and just give everyone yeah they just everyone has a bad day again well <laughs> and it's, it's basically well and that's the thing too. important part of this is they fucking execute anthony and, and they do. They who just kills, who kills william right and brianna yeah yeah she like beats his head in. oh yeah no she kills him i think and brianna's holding anthony that's the sad part is he's literally, yes. literally holding her like a dying man and they just come in and just shoot him and in just, the head right he's then not doing anything threatening he just gets shot then they him. lock her up and are basically like well now we need to get our story straight or there's going to be three deaths tonight yes oh god and that so, was so oh, that was so horrifying. fucking enraging and I, this was all like you motherfucker that cop right um, and the thing that that's so uh infuriating about it is that you know that there are people out there who've experienced exactly that with somebody who's in a fucking position of authority yep and so it's just um essentially what happens is anthony comes back from the dead and murders the well well but no but here's the part this is oh yeah i thought was so fucking clever is she basically so she's handcuffed she's pinned and she's she she sees the rearview mirror and basically tells the cop let me see myself in the rearview mirror and I'll tell yes. you what you want to hear. What I love is um, the fact that they, it, it was, was heartbreaking was that, you know, she was going through all this and they were essentially just kind of implying that she was just this, you know, drug dealing, you know. Well, yeah, they were, like, yeah, they were, they were, they were breaking her down this, to the, yeah, the lowest of the stereotype. Art, artist curator and they were just breaking right, her down who to probably the lowest has, stereotype. In, she, I'm sure her education was much higher and much better than theirs was. Exactly. And it was just, it, oh man, it just made me more and more mad And uh, as that guy kept talking. Yeah, so, oh no, it was anyway, fucking enraging. It was yeah, one go of those ahead like, and finish, through. I didn't mean to like cut you and off. So, I no, just, I, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> or it's one of those things where it's like if I could have reached through the screen and fucking slammed his head into the dash of his car, I would have. I would have, yeah. But you, the you, thing that you know. I love about this is she's heartbroken. She's just, like, she, she's traumatized. She's heartbroken. She's just seen the man that she loves executed like a fucking dog. Mm-hmm. And now these motherfuckers are essentially trying to make her complicit in their murder of him. Yes. And so she fucking weaponizes the thing that everybody has been so afraid of in the movie. Yeah. And she says oh, Candyman five times. 
and, and like, Anthony, like, yeah, time. and Anthony, and it's great because for like a beat, there's nothing, and then all of a sudden, it's like all of the cops outside essentially start exploding like Capri Suns full of blood, <laughs> and it's great. It is like. And- amazing scene where it's like and you really do think oh man this is it she's just gonna have to and he's not you know this isn't gonna work for her like there is that brief moment where my heart dropped kind of like the same way then he was gonna kill her it was kind of the same way I felt uh, at get out at that one moment I'm not gonna go (laughs) into it if you haven't seen it yet but there's this one moment where your heart just literally drops and then you're like yeah okay (laughs) oh for sure 100% yeah and so but instead of of hurting her basically anthony opens the door and lets her out mm-hmm. essentially and so it, it again it's this the thing that i love so much about both Candyman movies is it's the there's there's always this like there's just something about that like yearning love you know what i mean like mm-hmm. even if you know it's a yep. doomed love it's an i love you i can't help myself kind of thing yeah that just always just pulls on my heartstrings and and so now yes. we've essentially gotten a taste of that where it's like anthony loves brianna and brianna loves anthony but obviously they're they can't be together like yeah i mean (laughs) you know he's become the fucking boogeyman who's made out of bees and then there's she ends up is this is that when he's he's floating and he's like surrounded by the bees then when she gets out of the car and then you see all of the other candy mans basically yes and and the whole time the whole time i'm like are you fucking kidding me that like we have a goddamn Candyman movie, and there has not been a single fucking Tony Todd like cameo. No, like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? And then suddenly you see Daniel Robitaille's face form, and he yes. says, "Tell them about us." Yeah, the very tell last tell our story, is, and I'm like, oh yeah. And it was so just, and then it just, and then it, it, it I think that's when it that was playing the original Philip Glass theme, isn't it? Well, they play it during the Helen flashback too, like when yes, that's about right, Helen, yes. Um, and whenever, and then when they go and talk about um, the original Candyman film and the two shadow puppet sequences, uh, they yes, do play the, the Philip original Glass. theme, the Philip Glass theme. Yeah. And um, oh god, yeah, that was just like I get, I'm just getting chills thinking about. I am it right too. Now. Like all the, oh, all the hair standing up on my arm. Oh, so good. I was just like, oh, he's, yeah. he's using that delicious <laughs> Nutella flavored Tony Todd voice. Yes. It's just like, ah, oh, nobody should have a voice that creamy. Yes that beautiful oh god his voice uh rumbles my vagina yes <laughs> nobody should be that hot oh god his voice i'm like just read the phone book to me i don't care i just oh everything he says sounds so good but um it was a great film it really was um it went beyond my expectations like i was expecting it to be good because i heard good things i wasn't expecting it to be what it was um i know for sure piece. I really do. I, do too. I think it I is do too, a fucking honestly. masterpiece. I think it took all of the problematic issues in the first movie and it's 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 kind of like like you look at those art installations where it's like somebody has a pile of trash and then they shine a light on it and it's like sparrows lighting from a tree. Yeah. And it's like f- fucking photorealistic in the, the shadows yes. but you look at it and it's still just a piece of trash. And yeah. I'm not saying the first Candyman is a piece of trash. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is there's a perspective. It's like they managed to twist the perspective just the tiniest bit and what was a problematic aspect in the first movie becomes like a shining facet in the jewel of this movie exactly they took what was problematic and they twisted it to make it just 
a, a meaningful yes instead of it problematic instead of instead of turning it into a further way to like stereotype the black community particularly in the projects in chicago they turned it into a, a, a story a, for black people yeah black like people. like this it's is what it would this, this is created by black people right <laughs> like this is this is instead of it being like here's the stereotypes it's like here are some real people that got put into some really fucking hairy situations basically exactly. it was brilliant um it I was so fucking good highly recommend this movie enough uh if you get a chance if you decide to listen to this and listen to all the spoilers uh go watch it anyway because there's a lot of stuff we didn't even mention uh that is worth watching just for this movie there's just so many beautiful visuals there the acting is top notch the direction is amazing um and once again nia acosta costa needs to get more work because yeah. she's so good yes. <laughs> so, like, she I really fucking is. if she does not up. end up becoming like like i want her name to be as well known as like west cravens me too i want her to become like a horror go-to Yes. Um, I just want her to become an amazing director for any genre. I just want to oh, see Oh, for her. sure. She I would love her to has say because I got a type, but... Well, that, I would love it if she did more horror because clearly she fucking knows what she's doing. Right. <laughs> she obviously so, is familiar um, so, yeah. with this genre. She's amazing. So, Nia DaCosta, which I know you're probably listening to this white woman's podcast. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> with our tens of listeners. With our I'm tens sure of listeners. Is. You're an amazing director. Um, please do more horror if you can because this was one of the most meaningful horror films I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was moving, it was creepy, it was terrifying. Um, it was everything I wanted out of a horror film. Like yeah, everything. Sure. It was just, it had its little moments of humor. Um, it was scary, uh, both just on a visceral level and, and had some good jump scares too. You know, mm -hmm. it was just, a, it was just one of the most perfect horror films I've seen for sure 100 percent. the last two like remakes that we discussed weren't like i think the other one we got that i got this excited about was the suspiria remake mm -hmm. uh, well yeah and then i mean i guess halloween wasn't really a remake but yeah and that was but I it mean, was a good continuation uh Candyman wasn't a remake either that's true uh but it's just you know we've really been looking out when we've been catching some really mm -hmm. good i'm putting in finger quotes remakes you know um we've been looked out we haven't seen i mean the, the worst one we saw i think um would have to be for me would be uh fright night and it wasn't that bad it was just kind of <sighs> fright night was a it was okay. it was completely it was it was a waste of time is what it was. I, I i got bored with it it was like it could have been really good but it was just a rehash and it just had it yeah had and it wasn't a good rehash it was a tepid rehash. Yeah, it was boring it wasn't it didn't have the quirkiness that it or the original needed uh mm -hmm. that the original had and which is he, too bad because there were some genuinely talented people in it and it was it was great casting like i remember going mm -hmm. god this casting is fantastic and they just the mm -hmm. writing just pissed it down the plane. anyway go see candy man it's on just go stream it i don't care go get it go go get mm -hmm. it just give people your money to go see candy man because it's really good yeah like come on man like we need shit like this to get we made need more horror films like this out there like, i would love yeah. to see more of this and, and don't get me wrong i love the campy fun ones but when i get when i get a gem like this i get I, it reminds me why i love the genre so much yeah for sure it really does for sure um oh we got an email actually really yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's actually from Scott, who is a listener. Um, nice. So it says, um, and then the subject for this is Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Aww. Scott. 
So, and so it's it even kind of timely. December the 31st, and now we're reading it on. Hey, but by our standards, this that's, is good. That's pretty quick, I have to admit. Okay, so it says, hi, CK Queens. I've been listening to your back episodes and enjoying your show for a while, uh, show while working out. However, it might be dangerous to my health. I don't have any issues with discussions about diva cups, but I nearly dropped something when you said Max could rasp his glands on your poison ivy rash. <laughs> I can't find the exact episode. It was 60 something. <laughs> yeah, sure, I don't I I, now I don't even remember that episode. I thought he was going to reference when I said Max could tenderly rest his penis, penis on, your, on shoulder. your shoulder. Oh, that was an old episode. <laughs> that one got, but that got a lot of play. Like, People still like mention that. Like every once in a while, someone will be like, yes, mm -hmm. you rested your penis tenderly on your shoulder. Yeah, I'm like, not lately. We've been busy. Uh, <laughs> it's cold. Okay. So I laugh while trying to lift heavy things. I'm not sure if wearing a mask and chuckling to, my, to myself at the gym makes me seem more crazy. Thanks the worst for is, go ahead. Oh, uh, just says, the worst is, is when they ask you what you're laughing at. And you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. That actually happened to me when I was listening to an episode. I think it was uh, <coughs> a Dabber Lab way back in the day. Mm. Um, and they were talking about, um, was it uh, raw dogging on a broomstick? Oh, right. <laughs> and I start, I was gardening out front and I started laughing really hard. And I heard someone go, what are you laughing at? And I turned around. There's two Jehovah's Witness ladies sitting oh, there holding told their Bible. And I just was like, ah, nothing. I got to go. And I just got up and went to the house. <laughs> that, okay. It happened to me in my ASL class. Oh, And shit. I was listening to a podcast that unfortunately is, it, they haven't updated in shit almost 20 years now. But it was called Drink Till We're Funny. And oh, I remember really, Drink Till You're Funny. Till it was funny. a really good podcast. And they were talking about how it was like the car from Kit, like having sex with somebody. Oh, and I started laughing my ass off because it's before class started. Oh, and I'm God. drunk on the fact that I have my, my, my very first ever podcast, my brand new one gigabyte iPod Nano. Oh yeah, I had one of those gigabyte. I remember that. <laughs> and, uh, and I was listening to it before class started, and I was laughing my ass off. And I put my head down on my arms on my desk so that I wasn't like busting up out loud. And my professor yeah. in sign asks me what's so funny, and I'm just what? like, "Oh, this will be rich." Like, oh, I, how do I sign this? <laughs> no, I sign. Do you remember the TV Rider show Night Rider? <laughs> How do you even sign that? I have questions. And I, well, you would uh, fingerspell Knight Rider in quotations. But <laughs> I basically, like, haltingly told him about it. Oh, God. That and he just kind of looked at me like, okay. Well, time to start class. And it was just like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, well, well the thing that made it even more awkward is he was deaf. Like, this, it wasn't like I could. You could play it for him. It was like, yeah. Well, and it, not even that, but just like, I couldn't just be like, okay, class hasn't started yet. I will just use the, you know, communication Here, style in which I am the most comfortable. You're much better than I am because I would have just went, it's a long story. <laughs> I just like, I mean, I should have honestly, but I think I was like, uh, I like a challenge. Oh, let's see what I got up. halfway through explaining it was like, I, maybe I don't, maybe I don't like a challenge. <laughs> All right. So what is it? Uh, continuing on with Scott female. Uh, thanks for making me a kitsch bitch on the Halloween pandemic special. Don't feel sad that I listened to your show. I feel, uh, feel sad because I spent time looking for the demonic waiter with the bubble butt online because I'm, twi I'm a twisted fucker. Sex I still have it on my phone. <laughs> Did he find it? Did yes. he find it? 
Apparently, Excellent. he googled "sex demon dude with jiggly pecs." If you have not found it, Scott, send us another email, and I'll have and we'll send it to you. <laughs> I have it on my phone. So. Oh, wait, it was a bubble butt. Oh my god, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> nice butt, though. <laughs> I saw your update on Facebook. I look far too much. I lurk far too much on the Facebook group. Glad you're still doing the show, and I'm happy to still have the show in whatever format it comes in. I started nice. watching the Amazing World of Gumball because you talked about oh, it in yes, episode seventy three. It's fantastic. Yes, it is. You're a good influence, Daisy. I am. You know, Finally. and actually, there's a Candyman reference in a Halloween episode. Of course, of there Gumball. is. <laughs> it was great. Uh, sorry if this whole email seems like a stream of consciousness. I think with social distancing, I don't know how to communicate properly with people anymore, as if I ever did. Hugs and happy fucking New Year, because 2021 sucked, Scott. Yep. You're not <laughs> Thank wrong, you, Scott. Scott. That's and also, Scott, <laughs> we don't have to apologize because I mean, never our show. Yeah, you don't ever like, have to apologize. You want to talk about nothing stream, but of stream of consciousness, it basically. Really <laughs> Pretty so, much. Um, that's our episode for January. Uh, one of us will be editing this thing. Um, I don't even know how we're going to work in our original theme music. So we might have different theme no music idea. when this comes out. Um, maybe we'll just we'll maybe we'll just we'll start. Say, I don't we'll hum it with kazoo. And we might. I'm just saying we might have completely <laughs> different theme music. And if we do, I'm sorry, but I have a I mean, feeling we might have to change it anyway if we're going yeah. to anchor because I don't think yeah because I'm sure they're not going to let us play copyrighted music. So anyway, um, if you want send us an email or anything you can reach us at creepykitchgals at gmail.com uh, you can catch us on our Facebook group which is just Creepy Kitch Podcast um, we do have our blogspot um, website which is creepykitch.blogspot.com we just really it's post just our episodes on there it's a catcher it's but you're bit, welcome yeah. to take a look because we do have all our back episodes up on there I'm, we still have a few more I have to fill in the gaps I've just been lazy from the ones we have all the episodes now we are now completely like uh but nice. i haven't uploaded i just haven't uploaded them yet so yeah it's fine i'm a lazy i still just can't believe that so, somebody hacked us like what i think that's hilarious was that worth the effort that you put i into don't it? think like, it was at all I'm like, do you I'm feel so like sorry. this was a productive use of your time I just was like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, if you'd asked, we probably just would have given you the login information. I mean, really, we probably would have. <laughs> like, so, all right, go nuts. Anyway, um, and once again, it looks like you can find us on um, Spotify now because we're using Anchor through Spotify. So I'm yes. so sorry. <laughs> and, well, uh, we should be able to. We should be able to be on all of them because we'll just have to figure out how to do it. Oh, uh, we'll figure it out. And if we can't, we won't. I mean, you can still get our back episodes. We still have them right. up on the website. Uh, so if this is your first time listening to us and you're like, well, where the fuck are the other first 70 episodes? Um, go to creepykids.blogspot.com on pretty much all the back episodes, except for the ones I haven't reloaded yet, which aren't that many now. Um, and they're probably all pretty far there. back there. It goes, yeah, there, there's, wait, I have all the way up till episode one um, yeah. up on the website. So, well, no, no, uh, I meant uh, the ones that are missing are probably. Oh, uh, there's not that many. I there. think there's like five that I haven't re-uploaded yet right and that's it i think the rest of them i was able to load all of them but i'll go through Sweet. it eventually figure it out uh, anyway thanks for joining us we're really happy to be back yes. eventually one of us and one so, of us is gonna edit this we'll figure it out right um and so next podcast episode yes. will be where it's going to be panty cast it's our we're going to talk cast. about romance novels yes and, and i actually uh, think instead of horror crush we should do romance crush Oh, fuck yeah. Are you and kidding? talk about our favorites because I know you, you have a favorite series and I have a while. Well, we should talk about our favorite characters from the series since we're going to be yeah, talking about fair. Infinite. I have a so couple what, of favorites in the series. So. so for those of you who 
want to read along, uh, we're going to be discussing the Infinite City series uh, by Tiffany Roberts. If you want to pick up a couple of their books, it's a husband and wife team. They are so nice. Yes, and the books super are nice. uh, sci-fi romance. It's super steamy, super funny. I love this series and yes. we are really dying to talk about it. Weird peen. There's a lot of aliens who really look like aliens. Yes. Um, I'm really impressed because they're actually the first writers that got me to deviate from my okay I can handle it as long as they look alien or as long as they don't look look human yeah yeah because the first ones that I read were the Ice Planet Barbarians books which I read I'm you know I'm gonna Mm -hmm. I'm gonna uh, do my hipster moment but I read well before they blew up on book talk (laughs) uh because I was I've been screaming at Cindy about these since October I know I still haven't started those yet I'm that's okay but she started reading Ruby Dixon I am reading Ruby Dixon she's like eating M&M's like you can't just eat one we will be discussing Ruby Dixon probably on this show soon in fact for those of you who've read Ice Planet Barbarians I'm staring at a keychain of Rahosh right now (laughs) and he's beckoning at me seductively which is pretty funny because Rahosh is a grumpy motherfucker in the books <laughs> anyway so uh so it's a what is it right now a four book series with the fifth it's book a four out? book series I haven't read the first one yet uh the prequel one that's that's yeah. the standalone but which I wanted is... to discuss at least the main the main ones yeah. uh that are all the, the, more the or less connected yeah. um so there's uh the first one is Silent Lucidity then there's Shielded Hearts then there's shit with Strack's book. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. Wild what? No, wild. It's not wild at heart, but it's something like that. <laughs> That's a. Isn't that a Nick Cage movie? Yes, it is. Our, <laughs> our, our patron saint. Unfortunately, we lost the Pickleless Cage. Oh, you should talk about the Pickleless Cage real quick while I look this up. <laughs> so while Cindy's looking that up, look up the 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 prequel one too, would you please? Yes. Um, while Cindy's uh, looking that up, so. My niece-in-law, Taylor, she's married to my nephew, Jacob, because I'm old and we're one of those families where generational lines are real fucking blurred. Uh, she hates Nicolas Cage because she, as she says, he can't <laughs> act. And I said, that's not true. He can act. He just chooses not to most of the time. That part. And uh, she was, you know, living her life. And one day she came home from, from work and realized that somebody had slapped a Nicolas Cage sticker on the back of her... Uh, her truck. We will uh, put a picture of Pickle's yes. Cage. Yes, and the Pickle's Cage is upsetting because Pickle's Cage looks like, I mean, it's Nicholas Cage's head You sent me here. the picture. It, it's, that is upsetting. It really it's is. It's very upsetting. And it's, it's, it's on a pickle, but like, it's like, it, it, it could be a pickle. It could be a really unwell penis. And, uh, and so for the longest time, she was trying to figure out like, who the fuck Pickle's Caged her. And then my nephew, Lucas, her husband's youngest brother, finally came out and admitted that it was him and he printed out a nice big like headshot 3d wow. rendered picture of Pickles cage that's now on the refrigerator oh, at their house <laughs> but the funny part is is now taylor has gotten into the uh the nicholas cage thing and so she slapped a banana nicholas cage uh sticker on my brother's laptop while he wasn't looking and that's nicholas cage coming out of a banana peel uh, <laughs> but i told wonderful banana nicholas cage yes uh, but I told her about the not the bees, not the bees, don't put bees in my helmet. And <laughs> she hasn't seen the movie, which is good because I told her not to, but she laughs her ass off every time it comes up. Don't so put bees in my helmet. <laughs> don't put bees in my helmet. Oh, All right, I got I got the list now. So Okay. Um it is uh Silent Lucidity. Yes, uh, that's Shielded Heart. Uh Shielded Heart. 
uh, Untamed Hunger. Untamed Hunger. Okay, that's Drac. Savage and, uh, Desire. Uh, the one that's the standalone that I haven't read yet is Entwined Fates. Yes. And the one that and hasn't then, come no, out no, yet no, no, is no. Entwined Fates is the one that's coming out. No, I'm looking at it here. Tethered Souls is the one that's book five. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Fuck, I didn't Tethered know Souls is the those... next one that has not come out yet. Uh, and it's fucking similar those is two the, uh, is the yeah, that's the one with yeah, the book, Volcare book. and uh yeah I with can't the remember twins. her name is the Wait. i haven't read the first uh book point point oh i haven't read yeah, that one yet point five uh, point five um, it's really but, sweet it's very very sweet yeah. it's but we it will definitely be discussing uh book one through four for sure yeah. because those are the ones five i have is supposed to come out March ish, isn't that what I they were saying? So yeah, let, I, let me see if there's a release date here. And it's um, it's gonna be like a reverse hair. It just says early hate. 2022. Technically, but it's a menage. Uh, there's only stands. three of them. Menage I can take. Reverse um, harem is usually not so much, but we'll go more into reverse harem on that episode. But it's I I trust them to do it right, basically. Yeah, same. And the way that they've described the species, like I'm curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm very um, curious. But yeah, so we so will the... be discussing the Infinite City series yes. um, in February, which actually I think is good that we're doing a romance novel episode in February. Yeah, it's kind of because I think that's kind of fun. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> send us an email if you like the new format. If you don't, sorry, but this is a pre- if you don't. I don't really show. care. Oh, there it is. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you all of those zeros and dollars that you sent. <laughs> so we love you guys. Have a lovely night. And goodbye. <laughs> good night. Good, good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. Good night and good luck and alien peens and I'm totally vamping and yes. finish recording now.